nothing to say the fans podcast this is episode 104 and we are well i <laughs> to put it plainly we have a lot to get to in a very little amount of time so we're going to jump right into things sam this was a great uh, week four happened a couple days ago we're not going to spend too much time here but just a little bit on it that was a great week of football week four delivered in so many ways yeah we know a lot more about about teams we know what the carolina panthers look like we know we got a better picture of dallas chargers keep rolling we have tom versus bill we have yeah. all these great games of divisional games i mean week four delivered in so many ways yeah and so on the date that this episode is releasing, week five is starting. Thursday night football is going to be happening. So like I said, we're not going to spend too much time on week four. But the one thing we do need to cover really quickly about week four was the biggest storyline of week four. And that was the Buccaneers versus the Patriots. Bill versus Tom, the hype surrounding the game. And I didn't feel like it lived up to it that much, truthfully. Like, I had fun watching the game. I really did. But I think the thing that the game fell victim to – was it was built so high and the game was just not, I don't think it was what everybody pictured. And I think the rain played a big factor in that as well. I, it was a shame that it was raining because I think what the Bucks could have done on offense was a little bit limited. But I honestly came out of that game. Here was my thought. You tell me if you disagree. Even though the Bucks won, I feel like Bill, in a way, like kind of, he also kind of won. He made Brady look like human. And I think, and I think the, the weather played a, a big part in that, but, but man, Brady just never looked comfortable the entire game. And that may have been attributed to the, you know, the everything surrounding the game. But I think in part that had to do with Bill's game plan because he, he dialed up a masterpiece against Brady. Yeah, I think there was definitely a couple of factors that went into Brady's struggles and really the Bucks' offensive struggles as a whole. The weather was a huge factor. I mean, it was like a it was a torrential rainstorm yeah, in New like England. A and, <laughs> and Tom was trying to throw it in. I think also the moment got to the what is he, 45-year-old guy that's been in yeah. close to 10 Super Bowls in this regular season game, which was a huge moment. His family came. It was his first game back in New England since being a Tampa Bay Buccaneer. And it just seemed like that moment got to him a little bit that he kind of, and it's, it's refreshing to see, but a superhuman like Tom Brady, a superhuman athlete and competitor fell to the moment a little bit and clearly struggled in his play. I mean, he was missing wide open receivers, overthrowing guys, uh, barely missing throws for first downs. And that really kind of took the air out of that game where it was like, Oh, Tom, Tom's going to do it. Tom's going to do it. And it just, Oh man. Oh, and then the, on the other side, Mac Jones played well to his credit, struggled early, but they still couldn't get the ball in the end zone and still couldn't put the points up. Like it would have been a whole different story if New England was able to turn it around and kind of blow out and handle that game against Tampa Bay, which they really, yeah. I think, were in control of that game for the majority of the time. And if Bill is into moral victories, he can take that he held Tampa to their lowest score of the year and showed that Tom was human. But I think most of that was due to the moment that was there and the weather was just insane. Yeah, I don't, I don't think I don't think Bill like you know somebody who's won as much as he has is going to look at this much as a as a moral victory. Um, but you know what? And you mentioned Mac Jones. That was probably somebody who, and in all of this, got put on sort of the back burner for this whole thing. Like he wasn't really mentioned at all. It was just Brady, Bill, Brady, Bill. I think he kind of outplayed Brady a little bit, truthfully. Um, I mean, if you're if you just purely want to look at stats which is not the end-all be-all, but just from a number standpoint, Brady was 22 for 43, 269 yards, zero touchdowns, zero interceptions. And on the other side, Mac Jones was 31 for 40, 275 yards, two TDs. He did throw one pick, um, but he also had a stretch where he had completed 16 passes in a row, something like that. And I, mm-hmm. there were a couple passes from Brady that he just, just sailed on him. And 
it didn't look like that ever happened to Mac. Like he was tight with all of his throws. He looked like he was in complete control of that offense. And mm-hmm. coming away from that game, I was here's how I looked at it. The Bucks outplayed the Patriots, but Mac Jones outplayed Tom Brady. And that's the way that I kind of looked at it. And the Bucks are the better team, so they should win. And when Tom Brady needed to get them in position to win the game, he did. And, you know, and all that. And I mean, but the Patriots are a field goal away from winning that game. I mean, they're like an inch away from winning that game. It bounces off the crossbar. Um, so, I mean, give credit where credit is due. I think coming out of that game, it was easy for me to tell that that Mac Jones right now has supplanted himself as the front runner for rookie of the year um, after, after this game. He, uh, and that's again, also due to his situation as well. Let's look at the, everything that is around him in that sense. Uh, but that was as, as fun of a game as it was for me, you know, uh, I, I think I think a lot of people, and including myself, were thinking it was going to be this high-scoring, like Buccaneers, just aerial assault. And give credit to Bill Belichick; they nineteen points for the Buccaneers. I, I mean, you got to think that Tom Brady wanted to come into that game and just throw for seven bajillion touchdowns. <laughs> that had to have been his mindset coming into that game. Now that this game's behind the two, I think the the biggest story has got to be the relationship between both Tom and Bill. Do you think now that this game is finally behind them, the the first time that they met had to happen at some point, and now that it's happened, do you think now there's a little bit where these guys may open up about their relationship and really be like, hey, no, like Tom was huge for me. No, hey, Bill was like huge for my career. Like now that they're not sort of rivals, because let's be honest, Tom's kind of put that to rest with now winning it. Winning a Super Bowl, now beating them in the head-to-head matchup. I mean, you can't take a lot away from this Sunday game, but I think he's just – Tom's just put the argument to rest, at least in most people's eyes, at least in the majority of people's eyes. And I think, Bill, the best thing he can do now is to really just play to the crowd and just speak Tom's praises as much as – but, like, really just truly open up about how beneficial he was. Yeah, I also, but here's the thing. I also think that when you say put the argument to rest, I think the argument of, you know, who was it? Was it Brady or was it Bill? I think coming out of that, I think what was evident was it was very clearly both of them. Um, I mean, Brady, Brady is the greatest quarterback of all time, and he is the greatest maybe winner of all time. And you have, you know, Belichick on the other sideline who – it was funny because he mentioned in his post-game interview, he's like, we've seen Tom Brady for 20 years. Like they practice, the defense practiced against him every day. Bill has practiced against mm-hmm. him every single day. So if there was ever going to be somebody who was going to know how to exploit him, it was going to be Bill. So coming out of that game, it shouldn't be a surprise that Tom Brady looked as human as he did. He's just set the bar so ridiculously high that it's, you know, it, it just looks like a, a bad performance, but I think, and I, I can't even, I, I can't even take credit for that in the sense that I had heard somebody mention uh, on ESPN earlier in the week that it, that it was clearly both of them. And I a hundred percent agree. Um, I, I, I hadn't thought of that. Um, but the more that I sat and I, and I thought about it this week and, and coming on to our show, I was, I, I, I can't really put it any other way. I think better than that. Um, is it a, is it an equal split though? I think that's the biggest just, if like, you're asking me, disagreement. yeah. If you're asking me, I'm going to say no. <laughs> um, but I don't think it's as much of a disparity, maybe as as I've I've heard the public sort of sort of lean to. I mean, at the end of the day, when the Patriots were at their best, it was also because their defense was fantastic. I mean, they were a top ten defense like every single year. Brady was there, and I mean, you can't you're not going to win those six Super Bowls if you don't have a, a competent defense. I mean, look what, look at the Chiefs right now. I mean, the Chiefs look very beatable, very beatable. And it's because their defense is just, it's in shambles right now. So Brady, I think, was the biggest part of that, but I don't think he wins that many without without Bill. Yeah, the easy answer is that both of them helped each other. I think 
Tom, if he had any other head coach, still would have found the success because you just see all the intangibles that he has as a player. Like, there's no way that he wouldn't have succeeded. But the fact that they were both together, I think this kind of – this it almost hurts a little bit because Bill is getting the praises of being the best coach of in NFL history. But it's almost like – his legacy is being slighted a little bit because of the success that Tom is now having where it's, it's not like he's, it's said that he's being carried, but it is tough that a guy that is in control of the entire organization. I mean, he was the GM. He made all player personnel, made all draft picks and really was like, I think he's the biggest driving force of that dynasty in creating that culture, creating the discipline that was able to win them so many championships. It's crazy that now it's almost like Tom is over above all of that. Yeah. And where, where does, where does Bill and the Patriots go from here? (laughs) Well, they, they see where Mac Jones can take them, honestly, because he looks like he's going to be good for a while. And, you know, I, I think, I think, to sort of put a bow on all of this, I I feel like I feel like looking at it as a Brady or Bill thing is kind of unfair to both of them. I think what really needs it's the world we live in, man. It is there's the no there's no in. fairness. No, 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 no. And it, it that's also goes back to the LeBron MJ debate and you know all that. It's all these great debates that we like to have in sports, but in actuality, if we just take it for what it is, it was they were in the right place at the right time, and they made the most of their of their situation and they were just great together and it was a perfect marriage on 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 all fronts and it led to the greatest dynasty maybe in sports history maybe um you could probably pull out a few other ones but i think the patriots would probably be in in most people's minds the greatest dynasty of all time so and um, i i completely look forward to when both these guys retire and we get that documentary, maybe that last dance type documentary yeah, that where we just sit both of them down, maybe in the same room, in the same interview room and really see that relationship. Cause I'm sure Bill Belichick is a completely different person when he's at home compared, maybe not completely different, but like, he's a little bit more open, a little bit yeah. less of a statue almost yeah. <laughs> where the facade that he's put, that he puts on for the media and, for yeah. so long i mean it'd be so cool to peel back because we didn't get any information from 20 years of the best team in the league so it'd be, it's going to be so cool to see and you know it's going to happen there's so much media so much everything is covered nowadays like it's bound to have ends too much money on the table you would think, <laughs> you would think. <laughs> um so that was the biggest storyline coming out of week four. By far, Bill versus Brady, the Bucks for the, versus the Patriots. Also, to you know, add on all that, Tom Brady's now the all-time leader in passing yards, which was handled very poorly, if I might say. That was that was really weird. There was like no, there was like a, a pop-up on the so, on the big screen, and it was like, oh, he did it. You know, who's who handles that? It's got to be. The Bucks handle that first, but they handle it through New England and their operations so, teams. So I think it's got to be yeah. down to Tom had to have been asked, and he was probably yeah, the one to say, "Hey, no, let's get let's get on with the game." He had to have been the one to put like turn down the big celebration that we saw with Drew Brees got in New Orleans. Little bit, yeah, a little bit different with Drew because he was at home. Um, but I guess you could argue Brady was at home, but I think the thing, so during the broadcast, they had mentioned that the Patriots had said that they were going to stop the game for a second, acknowledge mm-hmm. it and then go on. But I, I think part of the reason why it was also so awkward was because he kind of, he got it on like a penalty yard almost because they had marked the ball and where they marked it had tied Breeze's record. And then they moved it up one yard and then that really, <laughs> so yeah. So, so it was just like, so like, where it was at, another play was going to happen, but then they respotted the ball and that got in the yard, and then it popped up on screen, and they were already at the next play, and it was like, great. <laughs> yeah, um, if anything deserved to have like a ten-minute stoppage where we go through a giant montage of his career, that was the this was the record. 
to do it. It would have been, yeah. Because this is going to last. The fact that Drew Brees got longer playtime and it was broken a year later. And Drew, Drew's retired, so he's not coming back to break Tom's record. So this thing is going to last until Mahomes or Allen or Herbert, Herbert come by and, <laughs> yeah. and, and yeah. break this thing. Yeah, I, I think it'll fall. With the way that with the way that the league is now, I think somebody will get it eventually. But it's yeah, it's gonna be up there for, for a while. So yeah, but uh, I, I, I totally agree. It was handled, I don't think it was handled poorly because I think the decision was totally taken out of anybody else's hands. I think yeah. it's it's kind of sad that I think the competitor in Tom focused so much on the game more so than acknowledging this great moment. Yeah, it was a bit underwhelming from what felt like a massive achievement. So, oh, um, massive, right? Um, so, like I had mentioned, that was the biggest storyline coming out of Week Four. Uh, we have to talk about the Cardinals, but the Cardinals can sort of lump into uh, our our preview for the next week. So, before we get to that, we have an updated list for our power rankings, which last week we previewed for the first time. We're going to continue that each week because it's something that is really, you know, prominent in the world of sports in the way that, you know, it, it, you know, it just gets handled. Everybody ranks everything. There's always lists and all that other stuff. So what we were intending to do last week was compare our list to ESPN or compare our list to Bleacher Reports and then have you guys vote on which one you like better. But when we released that episode, they hadn't had their power rankings out. Now they do. So I'll read you ESPN's list starting from 10 going up to one. Then Sam will uh, list ours, and then you guys can vote on which one you like more. So, number 10 for ESPN. This is the ESPN's list. Starting at 10, they have the Las Vegas Raiders. At 9, the Los Angeles Chargers. 8, the Dallas Cowboys. 7, Baltimore Ravens. 6, the Cleveland Browns. 5, the Green Bay Packers. 4, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. 3, the Los Angeles Rams two, the Arizona Cardinals, and one, the Buffalo Bills. And you can find that list on ESPN.com. So, again, just really quickly, they have the Raiders, Chargers, Cowboys, Ravens, Browns, Packers, Bucks, Rams, Cardinals, Bills. And that's from 10 to 1. That is ESPN's power ranking. And we do not agree with that. Yeah, and I think hopefully they'll be able to put it, like, right next to me, right here, right between us. Hopefully. <laughs> right there with, with the magic of editing. So um, our list looks a, quite a bit different. And who knows? I mean, we're not getting yeah. paid to analyze sports. So, um, And we, we also we, – but we also have to tell them why our list is different because we also think that we look at this list a little bit differently than they do. Um, we do ours kind of like college football. And in that sense – we're not necessarily taking into account the fact that, oh, you might have a perfect record. So it's kind of a, you know, quality of wins sort of thing and who you played and all that other stuff. So. Yeah. And there's no bias. There's no bills bias or anything like that. Um, so our list did nothing to say the fans podcast power rankings for week five. And number 10, we have the Cleveland Browns first time visitors into the power rankings. At nine, we have the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, the defending champions. Next, Baltimore Ravens. Then the Green Bay Packers. Then the Las Vegas Raiders. And then at five, we have the Dallas Cowboys. Four, we have the LA Rams. Three, we have the Buffalo Bills. Two, we have the Chargers. And then one, the lone undefeated team in the NFL, the Arizona Cardinals, after their huge win in week four? Well, I, I think the first discrepancy we'll start at is the difference between our one and their number one. They have the Bills up at one, and we have the Cardinals at number one. The first thing I'll say about the Cardinals is I don't know how you don't give them the number one spot. They just beat the Rams. Not only did they beat the Rams, but they whooped the Rams, who last week everybody was praising as you know the best team in the NFL. And the Cardinals just said – no. And they just beat the life out of them. I I know that the Bills are great. 
and they've looked great, and they've put up like 40 points in back-to-back games, and they just gave up zero points, but it was to the Texans. And the, and I know Matthew Stafford had a bit of an off day, but I don't know how you don't give the Cardinals the number one spot. Yeah, this doesn't make – to me, this – the differences between the Buffalo Bills and the Arizona Cardinals, I think, is when you're looking at two types of boxers, right? One boxer goes through his career – just getting knockouts after knockouts, first round knockouts, but really against poor opponents, right? Like barely pro fighters, just, just going Jake through Paul. as like, oh, wow. Yeah, sure. The <laughs> Buffalo Bills are Jake Paul. <laughs> but go, a, a boxer just starting out getting like 13 knockouts in 15 contests, right? With one loss. And then you have... The Arizona Cardinals could be an undefeated boxer that's fighting better, like better talented opponents and really gutting out decisions in that way, but still undefeated and really showing a lot of that boxing prowess. Right. So I think the sexy pick is to fall in line with the highlights, the knockouts, and the Buffalo Bills are knocking teams out. But what are these teams that they're beating? I mean, we're talking about Houston. We're talking about Miami without Tua. I mean, these are not big-time challenges. These aren't, like, obstacles that the Buffalo Bills have had to hurdle, and then we sit there and say, oh, yeah, that is gonna, that is one of the best teams in the NFL, right? That is the yeah. best team in the NFL. Mm-hmm. And what we're – but what we're not saying in that sense is that we don't think the Bills are, are great. I mean – I the Bills are a great football team. They really are. But when you're looking at, like Sam said, when you're looking at the Arizona Cardinals and you're comparing them to the Buffalo Bills, just the teams that they played. So, okay, the Bills played the Texans. Okay, well, the Cardinals played the Jaguars. So I'll, I'll see you there. But when you look at the Bills' best wins, now they lost to the Steelers, and that loss looks worse now than it I think I think people are forgetting that loss yeah they're just discounting it yeah way worse now than it did at the beginning of the season because you know the Steelers were yeah people were picking them to be good um and they just look bad (laughs) they'll be average I mean well coached team good good defense they have a great they have a great defense they have a great defense and their offense they have a good defense yeah they have a great defense. They have a good defense. Their defense has not played great. They're de- I'm not giving you that. That's like saying Washington okay, has a great okay. defense. Okay, that's fair. That's fair. But the Bills, again, they play the Dolphins. The Dolphins are – they're kind of a middle-of-the-pack team. I know they shut them out. But Washington is kind of the lower levels of the NFC, and the Texans are the lowest level of the entire NFL. Now, you go to the Cardinals – you look at the Cardinals' best win, and it was against the Rams. And the Rams are one of the top teams absolutely in the league, and they beat them by almost 20 points. They handled the Rams. Now, I know they played the Titans at the beginning, and the Titans are the Titans are like – like I, you have no idea who the Titans – you're either going to be great one week or they're going to be completely mediocre another week. So mm-hmm. maybe they were just caught them in a mediocre week. They come back and they play the Vikings. The Vikings – have been playing teams extremely tough. They got a couple bad bounces in some of their games, and, but the Vikings are better than their record say, says that they are. The Jaguars game, you'd think that they would be able to have done what Buffalo did to Houston, right? Just blow them out. They didn't blow Jacksonville out, but they still won. You beat the teams that are in front of you. It's that Rams game. That Rams game is so important in our rankings because not only one, are they undefeated, but two, the way that they beat the Rams and how they just completely made that offense just – that offense has been explosive, to say the least. And, yes, they still had 400 yards, but to only put up 20 points, that's just – that's not that's not the Rams. <laughs> that is not the Rams. That's not what the Rams want to be, and that's not what they have been. So to not give the Cardinals the respect up at number one, we just – it doesn't feel right. It doesn't feel right. The question that I have for you – is 
what about so with ESPN's rankings, they have the Chargers really low on their list. We I don't get this way up there at two. So I what's don't up with that? get this at all. I don't get this, and I feel like there's a lot of hesitancy to proclaim the Chargers as just from what we've seen in four weeks. How can you not say the Chargers are one of the best teams in four weeks? Yeah, they didn't make the playoffs last year. Yes, they have a second-year quarterback. But this defense is completely different from what they played last year because they have a healthy Derwin James and they have a healthy Joey Bosa. Mm-hmm. And they have Ricky Asante Samuels, who play, who's playing really well right. early in his career. This team, their only loss is when they threw away that game against Dallas, which could have gone either way barring ref calls going differently. Like that game was that close. And Dallas is a great team as we've seen so far. They've beaten the Chiefs, who are a powerhouse. Who's, In Arrowhead. Who ESPN loves, who everyone loves. So that should be a great big-time win. And then they just beat the Raiders, who are looking like one of the best teams in the NFL. Maybe everyone was is using the excuse of, oh, well, we knew the Raiders weren't actually that good. So this win wasn't that big, but that's not from what you've seen from the Raiders. Like you could, no one could have sat there and then discount what the chargers did to it. Cause the chargers made the Raiders look worse than what they are. Yeah. And as a Raider fan, I, I, I think you would be, I think you would have been fooling yourself if you would have walked in that game and said the Chargers were going to hold the Raiders offense to zero points in the first half. The Raiders yards per game, I think, were the number one offense in the NFL coming into that game. They were averaging like 470 yards per per game, and Derek Hart was leading the league in passing yards. I, that The Raiders offense is one, of, is one of the better offenses in the league, and you can't look at me and tell me that you thought that they were going to do that to them. So the fact that they made them look as bad as they did. Now the Raiders showed up and their offense showed up at the second half, right at the beginning, they came back and they just boom, boom, 14 points like that, um, which shows you what their offense can be. But the fact that they're the Chargers defense, I mean, they came out and just, they shut them down. I texted Sam. I was like, dude, they didn't even get off the bus. I don't know where the offense is. It was it was hard to watch, and I don't think that that's because the Raiders don't have a good offense. I think it's because the Chargers just are – I mean, they're really, really good. And Justin Herbert – I mean, Patrick Mahomes – so I'll ask you this question. Patrick Mahomes is the, is the person that people are going to say is the best quarterback in the NFL. But how definitively better is he than Justin Herbert? Like, legitimately legitimately i heard a stat the other day that was uh that talked about patrick mahomes and there was i think it was uh a game what was it it was there were like five games in his career where the the qbr um in the game um where the opposing quarterback just outplayed like definitively outplayed patrick mahomes two of those games were herbert two of them and sitting there and watching the game and watching the game last week and him going toe-to-toe with Mahomes, Mahomes might be, might definitively be the best quarterback in the NFL. But, I mean, Herbert, he, he is right there. He is right there. He really, really is, I think. Um, okay, everyone out there, that was Jason's words. I do not condone. I do not co-sign what Jason said. I Hard love fans, Just, you're gonna love me. <laughs> I love Justin Herbert, but you can't argue he's better. He's I know he's you're not you're better. not I know I know you're not saying he's better, but a guy that's a Super Bowl MVP and a regular season MVP, put up 50 touchdowns, put up over five thousand yards in a season. Like let's pump the brakes a little bit, Jason. Is Justin Herbert having a great start to this season and will continue it of course but to say sit here and say that Patrick Mahomes isn't definitively better I think is crazy talk well, um, you, you should stat. probably be put it into a loony bin but so I'll give, I'll give you, what I will say what no. I will add credit no sh- sh- hang on 
if we were to put Justin Herbert into Andy Reid's offense with the Chiefs, I think he would put up astronomical numbers. I think the thing that really holds Justin Herbert back, and I think this is gives him all the credit in the world, we're talking about a system that he is running in that isn't defined as one of the best systems maybe of all time. And Andy Reid with Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey and all those weapons on that Chiefs team, the, the things that Herbert is doing without all those things is crazy. So maybe if you were to somehow go back in time and just put Justin Herbert into what Patrick Mahomes did in his second year, maybe he puts up different, better numbers or close to the same. But I think that is just crazy talk to put him as even broach the subject of saying that he's better than Patrick Mahomes. I think that is completely unfair after four no, weeks of the season. It's not. After, I'm telling you. So here's, uh, after 19 games in Justin Herbert's career, I don't think that's fair to him to put that kind of pressure on him. I think he is a great player having a great start th- this year, but we are talking about Mahomes boy. I'm, I'm telling you, I'm, I'm telling you. And uh, I just, I'm not saying that this is the stat that's going to end all be all tell you that this is why he's better than Mahomes. Cause I never said he was better than Mahomes, but I did am reading that he actually did set a, a, an NFL record um, in the Monday night game. He became the first quarterback in the Super Bowl era to complete 500 passes before his 20th start. Um, and I look, I, I, when I watch them play, I, we're so I'll tell you what, we're going to table this, we're going to table this, and we're going to bring this back on a different episode. And we'll, you can argue for Mahomes, and I'll argue for Herbert. I'm not, again, I'm not saying that Mahomes isn't better than Herbert, but I'm telling you, the disparity isn't as gigantic as I think people want to believe it. That's all. That's all I'll put it Dude, there. We're talking we about one. <laughs> okay. okay. We got to move on. The bottom, because... bottom line, Chargers are being disrespected so far. They are being disrespected, but we got to move on because we have other stuff we got to get to. Last thing I'll say about the power rankings with the Packers, like the bottom, the bottom of the, the bottom four teams, the Packers, the Ravens, the Bucks, and the Browns. Those are obviously completely different than ESPN's bottom four teams they have the Raiders the Chargers the Cowboys and the Ravens the only one that we have similar there is the Ravens I think at this point in time putting the Packers in the top five right now is not a gigantic stretch because I do think that there are some justifications for putting them there but I think with our list versus with the teams that they've played, with the teams that the Cardinals, the Chargers, the Bills, the Rams, Dallas, and the Ra- and the Raiders have played, I think the track record for those three teams through week four is a little bit more impressive than the Packers. I'm not saying that I don't think the Packers couldn't be justified by somebody to put them in there. But for us, I don't think that that was – that they just didn't have an impressive enough slate of games yet. And do they have – Maybe the worst loss of anyone in the top ten. Uh, maybe yeah, yeah. I mean, to get obliterated like that against the Saints, but yeah. So I think that definitely holds them back, and they just haven't played. I mean, that Niners win was big, but beating Detroit, that's why they're up there, you know. Beating Steelers, Steelers. from what we know. I mean, everyone's beating the Steelers nowadays, except for the Bills. So. Like, do we really put a lot of stock into that? I don't, I don't know. I think the the respect there is just purely based off of Aaron Rodgers returning to form. Yes, yes. And showing respect to him and his connection with Devontae Adams, which is the most unstoppable thing in the NFL. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Next to Mahomes and Hill. <laughs> so I don't get, I think the biggest thing I have a problem with, besides the Chargers thing, is Cleveland being as high as six? Yeah. Where does that come from based off of the four games that have been played? Uh, I don't know. I, I don't know. You you take a you take a look at their schedule because that's what we're all basing this off of. They went toe-to-toe with the Chiefs. 
which I think we all expected them to. The Browns are a good team. I, I didn't expect them to get blown out in this game. I, I know you didn't. I don't think anybody did. And they didn't. They played well. They very easily could have won that game and maybe should have. Mm-hmm. Uh, they beat the Texans, which we all expected them to. They, the game against the Bears a couple of weeks ago was, I mean, historically bad. But I, I would have, truthfully, I would have expected them to beat the Vikings by much more than they did. I mean, Baker Mayfield was 15 for 33, 155 yards. I know we mentioned that the Vikings are are better than their record. Their record, their record leads you to believe. I mean, mm-hmm. the Vikings have played. They played the Bengals. They lost, but they after that they played the Cardinals, the Seahawks, and the Browns. That's a brutal schedule for anybody. Mm-hmm. Um. So again, I think the Vikings are a better team than a lot of people give them credit for. But if you're looking at the Browns in terms of, you know, a team who people were picking to be potential Super Bowl team, I mean, you'd think that they would be able to handle them a little bit more steadily than they did, you know, last week. Yeah, I think the the Browns for they deserve to be in the top 10. We put them in at, at number 10. But I think that's due to the fact of how well their defense is playing. I mean, their defense controlled that Chicago game. And their offense just really hasn't shown up to the degree that most people expected. I mean, the OBJ return has sort of not fully clicked in the way that really this offense should be taking off. I mean, Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb are carrying this team's offensive productions right now and good on them for having a, a big time running attack. But when games are tight, like against the bills, like against the chiefs, like against the chargers, which we're going to see this weekend, do we trust Cleveland enough to put up enough points when the ball is in Baker Mayfield's hands to score with those teams and offenses? Their only hope is that this pass rush, this pass rush continues to ball out. Cause that was the big time reason why they beat Minnesota too. Kirk Cousins just mm-hmm. didn't have enough time. and was completely off his game. Yeah. So, yeah, I know. I agree. I agree. And, and that's why we made the list. And yeah, I don't know. I don't know why Cleveland is as, as high as they are. Cause I think it, well, we think that there's more teams that have a more impressive slate of games than okay, Cleveland time. has so far. Um, we got to move on from the power rankings because we got to get to some week five stuff. We talked a little bit about the Cardinals. I'll hit them one more time before we move on. We don't have to spend a lot of time on them. I'm looking at their schedule and they have a pretty tough couple of games ahead of them. They play the Niners in week five. Then they go on the road and they play in Cleveland, which is not going to be the easiest game in the world. And then, sorry, they're scheduled this. My computer whacked out. So they play the Browns. Then they have an easier game against the Texans. Then they go back and they play the Packers, the Niners, Panthers, and the Seahawks. So they have a, we're going to learn a lot about the Cardinals right here because we look at their their game so far. They played the Titans, the Vikings, the Jags. The Rams was really their big, big opponent. They beat them. But they have a couple big opponents coming up as well. In terms of these games, I mean, I'll give you the, their next six games. They have the Niners twice. They have the Browns and the Packers. And then they have the Texans and the Panthers. What? What? How do you think they come out of that? Yeah, I think this this slate, like you said, like it is going to show if this team is a legitimate Super Bowl contender. It's going to settle the question if this is a playoff team or a legitimate Super Bowl threat for this season. They split I mean, with the Niners, it, this this offense is so tough. It matches up so well against the Niners and. Really, the giant question mark looming over the Niners quarterback situation is such a big determinant in whether the Niners will contend in this AFC West. Because if Jimmy G is back, what did I say, AFC? Yeah. Yeah, I think if Jimmy G is back and the way he was playing, because he was playing well, I think that gives them a good chance to really win those tight games and really steal games against all three of these great NFC teams, NFC West teams. Um, so right now, I think because this is going to be Trey Lance's, potentially his first start, there's still a slight potential that Jimmy G might play, but I doubt it will happen. Um, I think Arizona, has got to be 
I mean, the way their defense is playing, they can Matt, they can just trick Trey Lance and just make it so tough for him. Um, I don't see them with Trey Lance having enough firepower to really slow down Arizona. So I think they get this win um, this upcoming weekend if Trey Lance starts. Um, but then who knows when they play again uh, later down the line because the Niners are going to look completely different. So I'm glad you mentioned Trey Lance because that was going to be the question that I was going to roll into next. What are your What's your concern level with Jimmy G right now? Because the knock on him is that he's injury prone. Well, he's injured now. And mm-hmm. Trey Lance came in and he played he played all right. Um, I think he could I think he did as well as he could have done in a game where he probably had no preparation, like real preparation for. Uh, yeah. He was always he was always gonna be a work in, in progress. Everybody knew that. Um, he's probably about as raw of talent as you could get at the quarterback position. Um, mm-hmm. do you think that do you think that there is a legitimate concern for Jimmy moving forward and that they're going to have to put in Trey, not because Jimmy's been playing bad, but because he's just going to get hurt again. Like this is going to be a lingering thing. Yeah. This might be the last straw for Kyle. I mean, he might just say, Hey, this, this season might be like just gone. It just might be a lost season where we're going to give all this time to creating Trey Lance of the future and really just looking towards the future, not planning on playoffs this year. I mean, if it's, it just sucks because it almost like pictures Jimmy G as this guy that's not toughing it out, right? Like him standing on the sidelines in pads and the whole time I was questioning, why isn't he in? Like he looked good. And I think this injury was prior to the game starting against Seattle. And he looked really good in that first half. I mean, he had that really bad interception, but all in all, he looked really like really good. The best I've seen him play in a while. And it was just really confusing why he wasn't out there. I mean, he looked fine. So now maybe he's lost that trust completely from this team. And it's just Trey Lance onto the future. Like you can't go back almost to Jimmy G at this point. I was going to ask, do you think that if Trey Lance gets the nod as the starting quarterback, it's going to be because of the injury factor with Jimmy G or let's say the Niners, or do you think it's going to be a record thing? Do you think that they're not going to get win enough games by like the midpoint of the season that they're, that they're going to go, we don't have a real chance to make the playoffs Mm-hmm. We have this young rookie quarterback. Maybe the most beneficial thing for us to do is to give him some real game action before we move him into next season. Because this division is, like we've said from the beginning, is probably going to cannibalize each other. The Cowboys are going to be – Cowboys are going to run away with their division. So, obviously, the division leaders are always that's, – that's all set in stone. The Niners aren't going to win the division. So, who you're going to be competing with is the Panthers and – well, the Rams and the Seahawks in that sense. Um, and if you can't catch either of those teams, is it really worth it to keep Jimmy out there or to develop Trey? Yeah, I think, well, with the addition, with now that it's a 17-game season, I think that that decision can really be delayed for a long time into the year. So we're only four games in. So if they somehow make it to three and four, I think you can sit there and say with their out of division schedule and it being so much weaker than those other three teams in their division, I think they could rationalize and say, Hey, we can still get to 10 or 11 wins. Like we can route. We know we're a great team. They've been healthy outside of the cornerback and running back position and kicking which sucks, but they're, uh, they can still rationalize and say, Hey, we can still make a run here. Like we can still rattle off a bunch of wins against some bad teams that they know they can beat. And they definitely could win with Jimmy G. Cause you know what you're getting from him. Yeah. I think the Niners are assured a win against the Texans, the Titans, the Falcons, probably the Bengals. Um, it's in Cincy. I don't really know what to make of Cincy yet, but I'd say that it's fairly confident the Niners will win. So I think you're sure to win against the Texans, 
the Falcons, the Titans, the Bengals, the Jaguars, the Vikings. So what's that? Six. And then hope that you beat the Colts, which you should, I would mm-hmm. think. And then the Bears. So what? That, yeah. that's like that's like eight wins right there for you. And you're already two. So what? That gets you to ten wins. And then you hopefully beat Rams, that's Seahawks, just, But that's Arizona. assuming you beat all of those teams. And that, yeah. so, I mean, obviously, I think in all of those, you're probably going to drop one, I imagine. So but, from an outside perspective looking in, like – would you be more confident in them winning, making a run with Lance or Jimmy G at the helm? I don't know because you, 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 what you're banking on is too uncertain. You're you're either going to bank on the uncertainty of Jimmy G's health or the uncertainty of your talent level with Trey Lance. So it's really, it's really, you know, I don't, I, I don't know, I don't know what else you you determine at that point because it really comes down to well. If you did get into the playoffs, do you think you have enough firepower to actually keep going with Jimmy? Or if – I don't even know. Because, like, like, sitting here, there's uh, – like, I don't think I – I don't think you can look at it any other way. You're you're banking on two uncertainties. So it's which one of those uncertainties do you feel more comfortable with? With the trade thing, you have the added added benefit of, well, if we do get there, he's getting all this experience – and we're also in the playoffs, so win-win. Mm-hmm. But if you get, but he's not—he's not ready. We all know, like that yeah, no, is no, out no, of the question. He is not ready to start right now. You're the GM. What are you doing? <laughs> well, which, coach, which one are you going to bank on? I well, they've already shown that they're they wanted to bank on Jimmy G. That's why he's still around. That's why he's. But still that was in at the, the beginning facility. of the season, and he was healthy. Now he got injured, so now he's already got something that might linger, maybe. It's a so it's a calf bruise. That's all it is. Like there's no ligament damage. There's no bone damage. Like there's no muscle damage. Like it's just a bruise. So maybe it's a week, two week tops thing. Um, but what if Trey goes out and plays? So (laughs) I'm. I don't think it's gonna happen. I think it's gonna be a Justin Fields scenario where his first start went so poorly. I honestly, and that was a guy that. Played in a national championship, played at such a high level at Just Ohio State. Like he is a better quarterback right now. Yeah, he's a more established quarterback right now. I don't yes. think his talent right now is equal to Trey Lance. I think what Trey Lance showed, he surprised me a lot coming into that game with zero preparation, zero expectations to play that much in an offense. I just think the offense has to be shrunk down so much for Trey Lance because of his inexperience in games that there's, it's going to be so limited that I don't know what they're going to do when there's some struggle, when there's some adversity, I don't know what's going to happen. And they're going up against the Cardinals who can put up points at the highest level in the league. So what's going to happen when Trey Lance has to drop back and throw every single down, what's going to happen? I mean, this, we're talking about a guy that only throws 95 mile per hour fastballs to people, no matter if they're five yards down the field, right. there is no control. There's no, like, there's just none of that touch within his game right now. And it can't be expected. He wasn't expected to play this early. Right. And then he's going up against a pretty good defense in Indianapolis. Who's seemingly figured out something with getting a win against Miami. So, I mean, these are, two tough games for him to open up his career with. I'm just afraid for the worst, man. I don't think even if he struggles, it's going to ruin the allure of Trey Lance in people's eyes because it's just, everyone knows that this is too early, but I don't, I don't foresee any positives coming out of um, Trey Lance starting for the Niners. Well, at this point, we'll have to see on Sunday. Oh, but hey, hey, I'm I'm still gonna pick them. <laughs> right. Um, got two more two more questions for you. This first one's gonna be really quick. We have the Chiefs and the Bills playing mm-hmm. on Sunday night right now. Would you be confident in saying this is our AFC Championship preview? Oddly enough, I'm more confident that Buffalo would make it over Kansas City with agreed agreed. How I mean that is just. 
Kansas City has to play so perfectly on offense to get past some of these. I don't if if Cleveland and Kansas City City were to play right now, I think Cleveland has a distinct advantage, which is so weird to say because Cleveland's defense is playing so well. I just Kansas City has such a big time deficiency in their game yeah. right now that I just I'd be so much more confident in saying that Buffalo and I think Buffalo is going to be the number one seed in the AFC. So it's going to be an easier road to get into the AFC championship. It's, yeah. Kansas City has got to contend with the Chargers first and foremost and the Raiders. So I think I agree with you. I think on the list of what I think would be the most likely to happen, I think a Bills Chargers or a Bills Browns game and then a Bills Chiefs game. I know we ranked the Chargers ahead of them, but I think the Bills are going to come out with the better record because the Chargers have to play the Chiefs twice. I know they beat them once. They have to play Denver twice, and they have to play the Raiders twice. And that division always plays each other very, very tough. So I think when he, when push comes to shove, I think the Bills will come out with the better record. That doesn't necessarily mean they're the better team, but they are going to come out with the better record, I think. So, all right. So we're going to move on to the last question for week five, a little preview of Thursday night's game, since that'll be the game tonight. We have the Rams versus the Seahawks. This will roll us right. And this will roll us right into our picks as well, because we'll pick this game as well. So mm-hmm. Rams, Seahawks. So Seahawks are at home. 12th man is going to be a big thing. Matthew Stafford going on the road playing Seattle in Seattle for the first in, time. Inter, yeah, interdivision game for the first time. What do you think is going to play out tonight? Man, these teams play each other so well every single year. I think these teams play each other more tightly than the Niners and Seahawks have played each other, maybe even over the years. I mean, they match up so well against each other. I think the Rams have to be favored in this game because Seattle's. Seattle's defense has underperformed. I mean, they've given up, I think, the most yards uh, to their opponents in the league. Um, And even the Niners had big success against them uh, before Jimmy G was taken out. There's just the defense for Seattle leaves a lot to be desired. I think the Rams take advantage of that. I think especially when they can make amends for – playing so poorly against the Cardinals. I think they definitely rebound against Seattle on a short week on the road. It's going to be tight because Russ is going to make it tight, but I think LA gets it done. Yeah. So it looks like right now I'm reading. So two days ago, the Seahawks came out of the gates favored. But right now, it looks like the Rams minus two. It looks like they're a little, they're slightly favored. Um, mm-hmm. But minus two is not. I mean, that's that's close. So there's an over under prediction for the game for points. Mm-hmm. It's a, the point total set at fifty four point five for the game. I, I'd take the over on that. You think? Yeah. So what 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 would they what would they have to do so? 25 for both of them would be 50 so what i mean that's a that's a lot i mean you're thinking they both have to score like four touchdowns if you want to just make it easy math Mm -hmm. well with how explosive both these teams i mean tyler lockett gets big time big time plays where the 50 yard receptions dk metcalf is good for big time receptions russell loves to throw it downfield and the Rams have shown that they are more than open to throwing the deep ball, especially with Deshaun Jackson's emergence yeah. in this offense over the last couple of weeks. Uh, Cooper Cup is still playing at a really high level. Uh, Robert Woods, Van Jefferson has turned into a big-time option for Matthew Stafford. Tyler Higby. Yeah. I mean, these these teams are going to put up some points. Especially weapons. with, again, Seattle's defense's struggles. In this year, the I mean, they are not the same Seattle defense. No, the interesting matchup is going to be Ramsey versus Metcalf or Ramsey versus Lockett, whoever he lines up on. You know, um, that'll be that'll be fun to watch wherever wherever they decide to roam Ramsey because I think they've been using him sort of like just wherever they've been using him um, at different, but yeah, different positions. 
So it'll it, watching him go back and forth, I'm sure, as he will between those two, is going to be a lot of fun. So that'll roll us right into our picks. Who you got winning the game? Yeah, I think the Rams win. I think the Rams I find agree. a way to get in. It's it's going to be tighter than I think uh, the perception is because I think Seattle's underperformed this year. But uh, I think the Rams find a way to get it done on the road in a tough environment. Uh, but I think Matthew Stafford and that offense bounces back. And I'm going to go with a score of 30 to 27. 30 to 27. Mm. 54. I know that we don't normally do scores, but I just thought it was applicable. Interesting. That, yeah, I got the Rams as well. If you're going to go score, give me – I think it's going to be a little tight. I think it's going to be tight. Give me like 28-24, something like that, something close. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's going to be that that big of a that big of a, a discrepancy. So let's move on to the uh, the Jets and the Falcons. Falcons are at home. Both of them are one and three. Jets just got their first win. Who you got? Yeah, the early morning game. This is a tough game because I think both these teams are really bad. I agree. <laughs> uh, I don't trust Atlanta at all. And I think they are the slightly better team, but I honestly could not pick the Jets. Does, I, I don't think they can not yet. Two, weeks, two weeks in a row, but I, but Atlanta is a team that can make the Jets look good. I mean, they made, uh, they made the Giants look good. They made, they almost beat Washington last week. I think Atlanta gets it done somehow. I don't know. And you know, you know, the Jets played well against the Titans. They really did. Um, well, they won. I mean, they played well enough to win. Well, yes, yes, they won. Um, then, but I mean, like that. What I what I mean by that is that they played better than I I think a lot of people expected, and then maybe that's and stuff. It looked like their game plan was just so much better. But I think this game is too unpredictable that I'm not confident enough to pick another team to risk losing this game. So I'll just go with the Falcons just to. Just because and a part of part of me is like like I kind of want to pick the Jets, but I'm not confident enough in them to pick them to beat another bad team. So, I mean, these teams are today. so these teams are so equally matched, right? So we got the Patriots versus the Texans. I'll take the Patriots on the road against the Texans to pick David Mills off another four times. Yeah, I think I think Patriots get it done. Um, I'd I'd love to see what Mac Jones does building off of a good start. It'd yeah. be nice to see him put a couple quality starts together in a row. Mm-hmm. Uh, Lions Vikings Vikings are at home. Yeah, I think the Vikings find a way to win. I think this game is probably going to be a little closer than an zero and three team or an zero and four team versus whatever the what one and three Minnesota is, but. Yeah. Yeah, I think Minnesota find, finds a way to get it done. It might be a field goal. So watch this game. This game is Philly versus the Panthers. Now, let's take a look at Philly for half a second. Philly, they beat the Falcons by a bunch, right? But so far they've played the Niners, the Cowboys, and the Chiefs. Those are three really tough games to open up the season. Now they get the Panthers. What do you got? Panthers are at home. So I'm going to, I'm pretty much always gone with favorites, I think, in these picks. And I think Carolina has to be the favorite for this game, but I could see an upset for I Philly. Could. If there's a game this week for an upset, I think, I think I would circle this. But I'm, I'm going to go with Carolina. I think Carolina is. So Jalen Hurts puts up a lot of production. But it's almost kind of like empty calories. Like, it's great stats. Like, he's going to have great stats at the end of the year. But it's going to be for a five-win team type thing. And I think Carolina can do enough against this Eagles team to where they get this win. I I see it's it's like a – I'd probably do like a 20-7. to No, 24-14 game. I would think it more like 2014. I think that would be sort of what we're looking at. I think I'll take the Panthers as well. I but I could again, I could really see the Eagles upsetting the Panthers. Now I'll tell you what, I could see Washington upsetting the Saints as well. I was really upset. Maybe not. Maybe I mean maybe maybe you're right. Maybe not. 
I mean, Washington isn't what we thought they were. No, but... it's, well, it's more their defense isn't what we thought they were going to be. Their defense has been has been atrocious. It's not like their offense hasn't like performed. Their offense has been pretty good, mm-hmm. uh, but that defense yeah. has just been so subpar. I think I think Washington Washington's is. at home. Yeah, I I wanted to pick Washington too. I really do because the Saints. Again, these teams can sort of fall under the same category. of They're both kind of un, unpredictable. I mean, the Saints come out week one, just obliterate the Packers, but then they get spanked against the Panthers. They beat the Patriots, which, I mean, after what we saw the other day with the, you know, the Bucks game, that seems like it was a good win, but then they lose to the Giants. So it's like, who, who really are they? So because of home field advantage, I'll go Washington as well. Uh, I'll take the Titans on the road against the Jaguars. That's pretty safe. Yeah, they lost to the Jets, but I wouldn't overreact to that. I think the Titans are still a better team. They definitely have some holes, but Derrick Henry feasts on the Jaguars every year. Um, How about the Buccaneers versus Dolphins? Take the Bucs at home? Yeah, definitely. In the Battle of Florida? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Packers on the road versus the Bengals. Take the Packers. Yeah, this is a nice. This will be a nice win for the Packers. I, I definitely see they're a much higher quality team. Cincinnati's a great story. They've played a lot better than everyone thought they were, and it's great to see Joe Burrow in this offense playing so well. But there's so much more quality on Green Bay side. On the defensive side, Aaron Rodgers, Devontae Adams, they're healthy. I mean, yeah, I think Green Bay definitely gets it done. I think I don't think that that game is going to be a blowout. I don't think since he's going to get blown out. I think they're going to be I don't think I don't think Green Bay's that much better of a team to blow out Cincinnati. Okay. Uh, give me the Broncos on the road against the Steelers. I want to pick the Steelers, but they have not played well since week one. Right. Chase Claypool, I think, will be back. But Denver's defense – oh, Teddy Bridgewater's out. I think. I think Teddy. I'm gonna take. I'm gonna take Pittsburgh. Okay. Okay. I will take Denver. I will take With Denver. Drew Locke. Yeah. Um, I'm always gonna take the Raiders. Doesn't matter who they're playing, so I'll take the Raiders versus the Bears at home. Yeah, that's an easy one. Okay. Uh, well, we hope. <laughs> um, I'll take the Chargers at home against the Browns. And if the Chargers, Chargers were to win this one, they better not be ranked as the ninth best team in the league. Right. I tell you what, I think I think they win too. They find a way to win a tight one. It's going to be tight. It has to be. These are two two really good teams. I think the Cowboys-Giants game has the potential to be a little bit closer just because of the it's a division and they know each other so well, but I'll still take the Cowboys at home against the Giants. Yeah, definitely. I think Dallas's defense is really the biggest surprise. For this team, they've really made this team a lot more well-rounded. Diggs and and, Parsons. Yeah, Michael Parsons and uh, uh, Diggs are are playing like playing like pro bowlers. And but the Giants have played well to their credit. Their offense has played a lot better in the last couple weeks. I just think they get slowed down in against Dallas. Let's let's make it clear: Daniel Jones is not the problem with that team. Um, oh, he's, and he's, he's a problem. He's not a problem. <laughs> he is not is he, a problem. Is he a winning quarterback? He doesn't have a winning team around him. Like what? I, we, t- discussion for another time. Um, give me the Cardinals at home versus the Niners. I'm sorry, but Cardinals are at home. Cardinals are at home. Yeah, I think the Niners won. They shot the world. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> um, so the Bills-Chiefs game is an interesting one, but mm. I'm going to take the Bills on the road. I don't – I'm like 50-50 on this one because I think the Chiefs are just one of those teams where they, they're they like the Warriors. Like even if they're down a little bit, they could just flip it like that. So even if Buffalo's up by like 20, I wouldn't feel safe. Uh, but mm-hmm. – I'm going to 
put my confidence in the Bills and Josh Allen, and I'm going to take them on the road against the Chiefs. Have we seen the best of the Chiefs yet? We haven't seen the Chiefs' A game. I mean, they were able to beat Cleveland without their A game. They almost came back against the Chargers when they were clearly – that was probably their C game at that point. Oh, I, I'm gonna pick. I'm gonna pick the Chiefs. Okay, with the upset. Um, and then we have the Ravens and the Colts on Monday night. I think you gotta take the Ravens. I think so too. Well, that sets us up nicely um, for a three-game uh, difference. Sam won. Oh, was it three games last week? Yeah, yeah. Uh, Sam won last week again. Great. Um, so he is probably so that is. That is I think three, three weeks, three to, to one. one, and three I'm gonna to put one. it. I'm gonna put it right there, right in the middle, right in the middle of the screen. Here, I'll do it for you. Right here. No wait. No. Yeah. I was yeah. doing the dash, but um, all right. Well, so those are our picks going into week five. It's gonna be an interesting week. There are a lot of really good games, and I'm really excited for this week. Um, hopefully. Um, I mean, for your sake, hopefully the uh, the Niners get a win. Although, hopefully for my sake, hopefully they don't, so I can get the pick right. <laughs> uh, we'll see if the Raiders can bounce back against the Bears. Is Justin Fields going to do something crazy that the Raiders aren't expecting? Who knows? I don't think that's as easy of a pick, um, maybe as it might seem. I could see the Bears giving giving the Raiders a tough game. The Bears defense is good. Uh, so it's going to be up to the Raiders defense to uh, to hang tight with Justin Fields. Mm-hmm. Um, but I definitely think they can do it. Got the big Monday night game, the big Thursday night game, the big Sunday night game, the Chargers and Browns during week five. There's a lot of stuff going on, and we're, uh, we're really glad that we can cover it. So.